You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1310. Big picture, you go on Zillow, there's all kinds of lots and houses and real estate in general that's been listed for sale. But what about all those lots and houses and apartments, whatever asset you want to target that aren't listed for sale? Everything's for sale for the right price, even if the seller doesn't know it yet. And so that is where direct-to-seller marketing comes into play, whether it's cold calling, texting, sending mailers, knocking on someone's door, whatever it might be, is a means of getting in contact with the seller of lots or houses, whatever, again, whatever your asset is, that are not listed. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I am your host today, Brent Bowers, the land man. And today I have Dan Habercost on for the third time on the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. It's been a little while since I've, I've interviewed Dan. Uh, Dan is absolutely crushing it. This guy is 27 years old. Uh, he builds houses. He's investing in land in three states. He's going to talk today about how he's going direct to seller for land, how he's did over 200 land deals, 200 land deals in a very short amount of time, and exactly what his postcard says, because Dan likes neutral letters when he's reaching out to landowners. And he talks about how his postcards different from everyone else's and how he establishes legitimacy and ease and also the biggest thing, certainty to these sellers. He's going to talk about how he sells this land and he's also going to talk to you about what he's doing in his business today. So guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get right into it. Dan Habercoss, welcome back. Welcome back to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. What's going on, man? Brent, thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm great. It's a beautiful day out here in Colorado doing all kinds of deals, so plenty to talk about. Yeah, love it, love it. Well, let's jump right into it. Who are you? Where do you come from? You know, 30 to 60 seconds. Tell Rhino Nation. I can't even remember. It was about a year and a half ago yeah. was the last time you were on the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, and you were kind of just getting started in land. You were already building houses, but like... Let people know if they've never heard the first podcast about Dan Habergast. Yeah, first one was three years ago, and then we did one end of 2021 or early 2022. But uh, yeah, so originally from Ohio, worked a lot from a young age, ran other people's businesses in high school and college, had a little bit of real estate experience when I was a teenager managing my boss's rentals at the time, along with his farm. Uh, but that did not give me the impetus to get started myself. It was actually reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad towards the end of college. I was 20, 21. And uh, that was like the light bulb moment, like it is for so many people. And so I went and bought a duplex, right? I was working full time, going to school full time, so I could, you know, qualify for a traditional mortgage. I did a house hack duplex in Parma, Ohio, for anyone who knows what that is. So I was 21. And uh, shortly after, I, I made the decision to leave Ohio. Didn't want to stay there. Not a whole lot going on. Hate the weather. And I drove out here to Colorado, bought another house hack. And it was around that time that I realized all the low and no money down stuff for actual buy and hold investing is really challenging. You can start all kinds all right, of, so yeah. You just gave a lot of nuggets there. And I've got to stop you there because anybody that's just starting out, like you mentioned house hack a couple of mm -hmm. times. Can you give kind of like the definition of what you mean by house hacking? Sure, sure. So 
conceptually, you're using an owner-occupied loan, so a traditional mortgage with the best terms and the least money down to acquire a property. And you do this all legally speaking, right? You're not lying and saying you're going to live there and then not. You go live in the property, whether it's a single family or a two, three, four unit, and you rent out the extra space. So in that duplex, I rented out the other side, lived in the other side. In the first house I bought here in Colorado, I lived upstairs in the master. I rented out all the bedrooms. Uh, so that is what house hacking is. And the benefit is you can get into a property with a minimal down payment and the best possible terms you get from conventional financing. What were you making or were you breaking even or like, what were you paying to live in that first house hack? Did that like release you? Cause I, when I house hacked mm-hmm. before bigger pockets made it a cool thing or, or term, like literally term the word sure. or coin the word, I should sure. say as house hacking. I was making money in college by house hacking the house that I own. Yeah. Like how was your situation? The like? duplex in Ohio wasn't as good. It was like 750 rent on a thousand mortgage. But the house I bought here in Colorado, that was excellent. I think my original mortgage was 17-ish hundred and I was bringing in nine, seven, and seven. So 2,300 a month while I lived in it. So that was so awesome. you were bringing in gross income of 2,300 a month and you were spending 1,700 a month in the mortgage? Yes. So you were making money to live there. Now figure like uh, electric and internet, were you paying all that yourself? Yeah, yeah. Simply put, it covered my utilities, gas, and food for the month, along with housing, of course. So that was a great- You lived there for free. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, yep. While building equity mm-hmm. and just, do you still own that property? Yeah, it's a great rental. Amazing, amazing. Well, what do things look like for you now, Dan? What are you up to these days? Yeah, nowadays, you know, going back to my my point earlier, when I got out here and bought a couple properties, I wanted to figure out a way to make a lot of money, leave traditional employment so I could accelerate the buy and hold side of things. And so there's a long story behind that between meeting you at the real estate group and then also meeting my older friend who taught me how to, to build houses. That's what uh, steered me in the direction of land and development. And so, you know, I remember meeting you five years ago when I moved here, telling you I, I wanted to build a real estate business. I think I was 22. And uh, it's kind of fun to see how far both of us have come since then. Yeah, man. And now you've taken over running that real estate yes. group because I no longer live out there. So, which is amazing. Talk about that. Mm-hmm. Talk about how much you and Colin have grown that, that real estate investor meetup. Is it still called the the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investor Association. Yes. And you guys still meet the, the first Tuesday of the month at Jarhead Coffee yep. in Colorado Springs? Yep. No, exactly. And it's crazy. I mean, I, there was a, I spoke in March and we had over 110 people. So that was a record. So it's been really, really good. And it's amazing the people that show up to that. I mean, like anything, there's... Wait a minute. Did those 110 people know you were speaking or, or did they think that some celebrities? <laughs> well, I don't know, but they showed up. That's all I know. And they listened. So that was that was fun. If you build it, they yes. will. <laughs> yes. But anyways, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Of course, there's lots of new people that just want to learn or people that own a couple rentals and have a job. But then out of the blue, there's always high level people that show up that have done hundreds of deals over decades. Uh, so it's always amazing to kind of see who you meet there. What would you say is the best thing? And I know you didn't you didn't have an intention when you took over the real estate meetup. You took over my position and you and Colin run it now. I know that was not your intention was to gain anything from mm-hmm. that. I think you wanted to give back. I truly believe that like, you were a go-giver. But what would you say is the number one best thing about running that meetup? It's amazing the opportunities it brings you from, you know, my property manager 
She just manages my properties. I met her through the real estate group, people to fund deals. I've met through the real estate group. There's all kinds of different partnerships. I think Mason, who I do business with, he's a close friend now, he contacted me because he saw that I ran that. And so it's interesting. Friendships, business partnerships, a mix of both, employees. It's been really powerful. Yeah, man. I'm just a quick thing. I started another one in Vero Beach, Florida, me and a friend of mine that I actually met in the gym. And you used to train me in the gym. Uh, so I remember a lot of that, those training techniques that you taught me. And I haven't gotten hurt since. Good. Thank you. But I met this guy in the gym. We started a real estate meetup. And I just got a two a, a lender that has $200,000. Um, and we've already bought land. We just bought six parcels of land in Florida awesome. uh, with my lender's money. I'm paying her an interest rate on that each month. I'm sorry, each uh, per annum. Uh, so I'm paying her an interest-only payment each month. But I already got buyers calling me or calling my realtor about that land. So that's what that meetup allowed me to do was just the authority. I talk about real estate investing, aka land investing, and it got me a private lender that does not have time to invest in real estate, but she owns a business and has money. So that's one thing that it's brought me. But I know this conversation, this this podcast today is not about real estate meetups. It's about what you're doing in the land business and, and the stuff you're doing as far as building. Um, let's talk about, you know, your business today. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? I know you've expanded like crazy sure. in the last couple of years. Sure. So for anyone listening, uh, an important distinction I want to make is that I focus more on infill land that is already horizontally developed. And what I mean by that is, the lots have been subdivided. Generally, I'm dealing with quarter to half acre, sometimes one acre lots. Entitlements are in place, so it's already zoned for single family or multifamily or commercial. And utilities are there. I, I don't really touch raw land, you know, farmland or, or land that big tracks that are prime to be developed. And I don't generally touch recreational land. So just an important distinction there. And so focusing entirely on infill land primarily in Colorado, Florida, and North Carolina. And Florida and North Carolina, really simple. All I do is buy and sell, right? I go direct to seller. This year, I have done mostly postcards and I have gotten away from the land offer letters. I have people taking the calls. So I've gone more the neutral route because I'm in some of the most competitive markets. And so it's probably more, or it's definitely more total calls. And some of those are a waste, but I do think there's some deals we've gotten we never would have gotten if I had priced those uh, and again, this is speaking to really competitive markets where there's a ton of people sending letters to every landowner. Uh, and so those markets, it's just buying and selling. I just buy it for cash, some of my own cash, some with investors and resell it on the market. And then here in Colorado, buying and building on almost everything. I mean, I flip a few here and there, but uh, I've gotten a really solid builder. As you know, the one I was using prior, Brent, we did a project together, had not been doing great. Uh, things had gone downhill there. So I found a guy who told me how much of a struggle it was for him to find the land. That was the hard part for him, but he had the vertical figured out to a T. He's building 100-ish to 110 a square foot, which in Colorado, that's crazy. Uh, but he didn't know how to go get the land. So he and I have partnered up. I'm getting the land, getting the soft cost down. He's putting the building on the lot. We're working on a bunch of builds together right now. That is amazing. Congrats on that. Because I know how hard it is to find good contractors and even sometimes the good contractors. Well, let me just not, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's just a matter of time until all contractors go lame. And, you know, I might, I might lose some listeners on that one. Uh, But I've had a lot of experience with contractors and uh, one that we love, you and I, like a father 
it's just a matter of time before they they stop. Like, and I think it like this is like not against them. I think it's so hard managing their subcontractors to build these properties to their electricians, their plumbers. It just takes a toll on yeah. them, and then they start to fizzle out. So nothing against them as human beings. I just think it's just a hard business to be in, and that's why I love 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 the land business. You know, you talk about direct to seller, you know, can you break that down for Rhino Nation? Like, what do you mean by direct to sell? Sure. So that quite simply is, well, big picture, you go on Zillow, there's all kinds of lots and houses and real estate in general that's been listed for sale. But what about all those lots and houses and apartments, whatever asset you want to target that aren't listed for sale? Everything's for sale for the right price, even if the seller doesn't know it yet. And so that is where direct-to-seller marketing comes into play, whether it's cold calling, texting, sending mailers, knocking on someone's door, whatever it might be, it is a means of getting in contact with the seller of lots or houses, whatever, again, whatever your asset is, that are not listed. And that really is the key to most real estate investment businesses, regardless of the asset type, being able to go direct-to-seller to get the discounted or distressed real estate. Dan, why wouldn't I just go on the MLS and talk to all these these uh, these realtors that have land and houses listed? Because they're selling at retail. And occasionally you can find deals, whether maybe there's a value add play on it that no one's seeing. Maybe you can subdivide the piece that's listed or something. Occasionally that makes sense. But most of the time you're going to be banging your head against the wall because the seller is not the proper avatar. And for anyone who's done any marketing in any business, you know that you need to identify the demographic or the avatar you're marketing to and align your marketing accordingly. And, and what we're doing for land, we're looking for people who getting the highest offer is not their priority. And so I'll tell you, and I'd love to hear what you think here, most of the people that we buy land from at a discount, and this is unique to land a lot of times, especially if you're coming from single family housing and you're used to distress, we get more deals from upper middle class to wealthy landowners that bought this decades ago and they bought it at pennies on the dollar and they just want to get rid of it. And getting the highest offer isn't what they want. It's they just don't want to deal with it. And so if they like you, if you make it easy, I mean, we have people all the time that sell to us at a huge discount and they look at Zillow. They talk to realtors. Let me just illustrate the point. I got one last week in a market where uh, I'm going to build on it, but she called in and all she wanted was to sell to someone local who's actually going to build on it. And so it's about a $30,000 lot. We're buying it at 8,000. And she just goes, yeah, I don't need to make much on it. I bought it for a few thousand. So if you're actually going to use this thing, you know, I'm getting offers at seven and I think that's fair. Go, all right, well, we'll give you eight. We'll pay all closing costs. So no, I, I do run across the same thing. And I, we, we see all kinds but I will tell you the number one thing that I see the most is they don't want to have to deal with it. That's it. Get it off my back. And I was actually looking at land in North Carolina uh, with a huge land sale this, this past week. And that was a great time. Mm -hmm. But one of the things, the biggest things for one of those realtors was she just loved seeing people build on the land that she sold because the dream happened. So I, I see that I've, I've seen that before with, with sellers. They wanted to see someone else fulfill that dream because they didn't have the energy. They didn't have the time. They didn't have the money, the resources or, you know, life happened for them type thing. And it just never happened. Yep. So that's amazing. You say this. All right. You talked about neutral letters working very well mm -hmm. for you and Rhino nation. 
I want to give you a free gift right now. And it's called the the Tribe Postcard. It has served me absolutely well. And I'm curious to see what yours says, Dan. Mm-hmm. But you can go to thelandsharks.com forward slash postcard. And that's the Tribe Postcard. It's a handwritten postcard. I have bought, oh man, hundreds of of parcels of land with that postcard. I don't currently use it as much as I used to. I'm using the land offer letter, but I'd love to know, Dan, like you're, you said you, you're sending out a neutral letter postcard. What does your postcard say? Yeah, I've really tried to differentiate from everyone else. And so I thought, what words and, and phrases does everybody else have on their postcard? And I tried to remove those basically. And so ours focuses more on building. And what it says is, It's got, I forget, some construction design, bright orange and black. And it says, are you going to build on your land? If not, put the money to work elsewhere and let us buy it. And then, you know, contact info, offer code. And then on the back, it says, you know, introduce the acquisition manager. You know, we're a well-established land and development company. And if you want certainty, we send proof of funds, introduce you to our title company. I think those are the main two things underlined those two things because what are the biggest concerns of the sellers? It tends to be they're afraid of getting scammed. And so whether you're in an attorney state or a title state, emphasizing that really puts the sellers at ease. And so, you know, our title company or attorney handles escrow, removing all worry for either party. That has been... Re- so you're, trying to, you're basically answering the question they have in their mind as they're reading this because they're thinking, what is this BS? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So to everyone listening, forget about the proof of funds thing for a second. If that's not something you can do, that's okay. Granted, side note, if you're getting deals, you can always get the money. But let's pretend you don't want to put that in there. That's okay. Design your postcard around legitimacy. Because I think that is one of the the biggest things, at least from our experience, that is in in the mind of these sellers. Legitimacy and ease, right? So they don't have to worry that it's going to get, you know, something's going to go wrong or they're going to get their time wasted. There is nothing wrong with doing assignments, but don't go tell sellers, hey, I'm going to buy your lot, put it under contract for 90 days with no buyers and just waste their time because some of them are pretty frustrated because they've had that done to them. So yeah, really guaranteeing certainty has been the biggest thing that's getting us deals. Dan, you just made a... I love... Oh, let me... I don't want to move on from that. Okay. Actually, certainty. That is so powerful Mm -hmm. because it's like... I talk to you about roofers above me right now. Yeah. I, I literally have like a waterfall flowing through my master bedroom last night. So I called my roofing company until they answered that phone. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to hear someone on the other line, on the other end of that line. I didn't care if they can come out tonight or tomorrow. I just wanted certainty that this thing is going to get marked on someone's calendar and fix this because no one likes water going into their master bedroom, no. like and waterfall style. Like I wish I, I installed a waterfall on my room. No, that was by God, like sending rain down. Mm-hmm. But I wanted that roof fixed. Same thing with these sellers; they want this land gone. So certainty is huge. So I didn't want to. I almost passed that up. Certainty, like if you're sitting in front of a seller and you're like, maybe I can buy this. I'm not sure, or I don't know if I could find the money. No, it's Mister and Mrs. Seller. I'm going to walk through hell with two five-gallon cans of gasoline to get this land purchased or sold or whatever it takes. Like That's the certainty they're looking for. Yep. And nine times out of 10, that's going to work. Um, you might change your strategy or your words a little bit. But going back to a statement you just made before that was pretty bold. You said, if you have the deal, 
you'll find the money. Mm-hmm. But I want to go into the Rhino Nation, the listener. A lot of people listening to this are just trying to do their first deal or get the confidence or the permission or the instruction to do their first deal. But Dan, I don't run a very successful real estate meetup in Colorado Springs with 110 people coming to it. I don't have a house building company. I'm not, how old are you? 27. I'm not 27 and, and good looking and fit and strong. Like, How do I find the money for these land deals? Or I've got a deal, how do I find that money? Sure. And so, you know, when I started I didn't have any sort of reputation or following or anything. And, and it was actually the first funder I ever had was from the real estate group. And you might have to give away more profit than you want to when you don't have the reputation yet. But I can tell you years you know, down the road here, it doesn't matter at all. What matters is that you got the deal done. So along with local real estate groups, there's, of course, who's in your network, right? If you go on Facebook and you say, you know, have a a deal where I can offer a whatever percent return, and we can drill down there, but whatever percent return, anybody interested in joint venturing, I'm sure there's somebody in your network with an extra 20, 50, whatever grand. And then beyond that, I, I believe everyone listening to that is in one of your groups, Brent, whether it's the Rhino group or the Land Sharks group, there are tons of people within both of those groups that have money and will finance deals all day long. Oh yeah, I'm one of them. I, I know that you're one of them. I'll buy deals. I'll buy land deals, preferably in Florida right now, but uh, I'll look at anything. And then there's multiple other people in the group that have millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And some of them, you don't, you didn't even realize they had it. It's like anytime I borrow uh, money from a lender or a private lender or a friend, once they get paid back, they always seem to find more money. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get it. It's like a phenomenon. Yeah. Like they tell me they only have 40, they end up having 200,000. Yep. And then let me ask you another question. That person that funded that first deal for you, or I shouldn't say the first deal, but were you already running the real estate group or did you humble yourself and say, listen, like, here's what I got. Like I'm willing to learn. Yep. No, I was not running the real estate group yet. And that is exactly what I did. Uh, you know, I brought it to him and then we just split the deal because it wasn't just the money. He was also the second set of eyes. He was kind of the consultant, double checking that my assumptions were correct, that I was doing things right. And so we just split the deals. He'd finance them. He'd help me with them. And then we did them together. And there was one or two where I assigned it to him for $1,000, which in hindsight is kind of funny. And I actually joke with him today. I tell, I tell him he took advantage of a young, eager newbie. <laughs> but anyways, no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. What matters is that I got the reps in. That's amazing. All right. So we talked about what's working, mm-hmm. your best marketing channel, which is a very unique postcard that gives certainty, legitimacy, and ease. Uh, we talked about how you're finding land deals, where you're finding land deals at. One thing we haven't talked about is how are you selling these land deals? Mm-hmm. Almost entirely. like a yeah. buyer's list? Or- no, no. So if you think back to when I said I go to really competitive markets, I prefer to be places where it's harder on the buy and easier on the sell. And usually it's one or the other. I mean, I, I've a couple times gotten lucky where it's easy to buy and easy to sell for a brief period, but it never lasts. So assuming it's hard on one end, I would rather it be hard on the acquisition and easy on the disposition. So basically all of Florida, all of North Carolina, right? There's a huge amount of demand. And so we're selling most of our land through realtors, you know, every now and then, will happen to get a buyer via Craigslist or Facebook uh, for certain types of land. But most of the time, it's just sold on market. How are you finding these realtors? Like, Because I find a lot of realtors, they don't understand mm-hmm. land, they don't deal in land, or land's not going to pay them enough money. 
Yeah. Because that sounds like a golden ticket to me. Yeah. So a number of them I've gotten referred. I think either you or Andrew sent me Realtor Dan down in, in, in Florida. But even if you don't have a network yet, that's okay. Call around. Start asking questions. And actually, before you call around, go on Zillow. Go to land sold in the last 90 days and see who is selling most land. I bet you'll find a couple names popping up repeatedly. And those people will know what you're doing. But it's still worth calling, interviewing, asking them what they're doing, you know, what they're selling. Have you worked with investors before? You know, all that sort of thing. And, and one more caveat I want to make there is if you're talking to someone who's competent, who's getting a lot of listings, who does what they're supposed to, they're going to be screening you and they're going to want to know that they're not wasting your time with you. So something I tell my acquisition guys who also spend some time doing this when we need help with due diligence, I say, make sure that the realtor knows within 30 seconds, you are a potential legitimate client. And so how that looks is pretending I'm calling you, Brent, you're a realtor. I would say something along the lines of, hey, Brent, Dan Habercost, Front Range Land, looking at a piece of land right down the street from one you just sold, we're buying it for resale and need a good realtor. Any interest in listing something like that? And that, that gets them on the hook where, oh, okay, this guy isn't just wasting my time. This is a potential real client. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And you mentioned Daniel. Yeah, he's definitely... Uh, man, he's great. If I would found him years ago, uh, and you need a Daniel for every market you're in. And it's just, you know, getting referrals. One way I like to do it is I like to look at everything that's sold in that neighborhood and figure out who it was listed by or bought by. And eventually you'll see a pattern. Uh, yeah, I was on the phone twice now, twice today with Dan. So was I. Um, he's got two offers for yep. me. So, and summertime's a little slow in yep. Florida. So Daniel's getting back to work again. Um, I'm trying to get him on the wholesaling podcast. Mm. I've asked him twice, but he's got 30 deals, 30 land deals in closing right now. So yeah. he's pretty busy. It's crazy. He usually has, you know, a dozen listings for me. We actually have one closing in Vero beach next week to sell. And uh, yeah, he, he got it sold. So no, he's awesome. Uh, I've been using him now for a year and a half or whatever. And so do a lot of the people in our network. He's got hundreds of listings. Yeah, it's amazing. All right. So I think I've covered everything. How you're finding the land off market, what you're sending them to, how you're creating certainty, um, how you're selling the land. You don't have a huge buyer's list. Um, so you're not having to deal with that. And if you have the deal, the money will come. And you don't have to know everything in this business because you know, it's like we all started from nothing, you know, and you have enough answers today to get you through tomorrow. Rhino Nation, I want you to be assertive right now. I want you to take action. I want you to go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land, schedule a call today, fill out that application. But listen, you got to be, you got to be both feet in just like Dan Habercost. Like when he took action, like when he started learning this land business, like he would do the action steps and literally like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. He'd come back a couple hours later. It's like, okay, that's done. What's next now? Yeah. And that's the kind of attitude you got to have to do how many land deals, Dan, have you done? Oh, I don't know. I think, I, I think I'm around 200, including everything. 200 yeah. land deals in just about less than three years? Yeah. Uh, I did a couple in 2019. So uh, call it four. Yeah. Four years, 200 land deals. And that's the attitude it takes. It's not a bunch of you know, analysis paralysis and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Like you're not analyzing on a chalkboard, trying to figure out your next step. You're just taking the step and letting the foot land. Yeah. Dan, how can people find out more about you? I know you have an amazing podcast that you just launched. Yes. So danhabercost.com or any of the socials. And then the big picture blueprint, a friend of mine, Mason, who Brent, you also know and do business with, who's also in the land business. 
dissect our businesses, deals we're doing today, interview other business owners across the board in real estate, and just talk business in general. So if that's at all interesting, please subscribe, check it out. Uh, But yeah, that's how you can get in touch with me. Yeah. Shout out to Mason McDonald. He was on the Wholesaling Inc. Mm -hmm. podcast. He's a land shark. I remember the first day I met him at the Mexican restaurant. He was the CEO of a hospital in Colorado Springs. And three months later, after joining the Land Sharks, he goes, Brent, I quit my job. And I literally had like a pile of bricks dropped on my back. I felt like I was like, oh, my God. This is a couple of years yeah. ago. And I was like, oh, my God, you quit your job. Like, you're the CEO of a hospital. What do you mean you quit your job? And he's like, Brent, and, and I paraphrase this a little bit. I hope he doesn't mind me sharing it. I think he shared it on the podcast, on the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. But he's like, you don't understand. I have made more money in land in the last three months than I made an entire year at my job. My health is failing me. My body's deteriorating because the stress of being the CEO. But Mason's a go-giver. Uh, he introduced me to Kelly, my executive assistant, mm-hmm. who is also Mason's executive assistant. And uh, yeah, shout out to Mason. Dan, thanks for being such a go-giver. Rhino Nation, here you have it. Wholesaling Inc. podcast. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review and rating if you haven't done so. That really helps us out. I don't, I don't really ever ask for that. Maybe I've asked in the past and Darren puts them in. Uh, so I don't want to be not telling the truth there, but I haven't asked lately. And guys, take action right now. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land, wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. Schedule a call, fill out that application. Talk to me or Derek or someone over at Wholesaling Inc. We will see what your real estate investing goals are. And if we feel like we're a great fit, I'd be honored to teach you to crush it in land. Until next time, God bless. Brent Bowers signing out. And oh, by the way, follow me on TikTok, Brent L. Bowers 1. Talk to you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.